podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jay here for Stratford Paddock. This is the Paddock Podcast. And joining me today are two absolute titans of the Manchester United fan base. We've got Ronaldo Brown. How are we doing? Doing all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm I was basking. looking in the camera there. I was looking a bit bolo. What? A little bit what? Bolo. Yeah. Chubby. Nah, man. Yeah, nah, it's the good side of chubby. It's a oh, little yeah, bit. Yeah. 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 Little hench, yeah. little muscular. My, lad, my lad's eight, right, and he's obsessed with trying to build his muscles up. Is it? He's watching. Like his dad. Like, like obviously, don't take after me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the way you. I like the way you felt me like I was an old frail man. You went, ooh, ooh, ooh dear. Ooh, it, yeah, he doesn't work. take after good. his dad. I didn't want to bruise you. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks, because you probably would. Um, also, of course, my partner in crime, the Abbot to my Costello, Love Mr. That. Joe Smith. How are you doing? Very well, how are you? I'm all right, man. I feel like- It's nice winning games, isn't it? Winning, because we've waited because of the international break, so there was that as well. Then there's the fact that we haven't won that many games this season. I know we've been all right, but it's not been that great. And it was a comfortable win in the end. And there was that wonder goal from Ganacho. And there was a Kobe Mainu performance. Yeah, it feels a little bit bigger than just a win over Everton, if you get what I mean. But listen, I want to hear from you guys. Get involved in the comments and the chat. Hit that like button as well. We're going to be talking about the game against Everton a little bit. Just looking ahead as well, we've got some big games coming up. We've obviously got Galatasaray, we've got Newcastle. The Scousers aren't that far away. We've got Chelsea. It's all happening as well. But there are one or two reasons to be optimistic, I think, anyway. Because when you look at the former in, where we're in in the league, some of the young players we've got as well, there's one or two sort of little shoots in there of optimism, would you say? Yeah, I definitely would say that. I, I said to Joe earlier, um, when we were winning games recently against, and the performances weren't quite matching the results, mm. I think most people were more on the side of criticising the fact that it looked like we didn't have a style of play. And yeah, I think yeah. even myself was doing that um, at some points. But now I'm starting to look at it a little bit more positively and thinking United are actually winning games and getting results when we aren't playing amazingly well for 90 minutes. So mm. what does that mean for when we actually do bring stuff together and it starts to click? I think we should actually be optimistic about that and not look at wins negatively. Because I feel like some people have started to do that, where it's like, ah, oh, but we're not playing well and this is wrong and this is wrong. But at the end of the day, it's a results business mm. and we are getting results. We do know that we actually need to improve the form a little bit, I guess. So we've got some difficult games coming up. We've got the Scousers, you've got Newcastle next weekend at St. Mm. James's Park. But for now, I think we need to um, kind of embrace the fact that we've gone on a decent run and we're not actually far off the top, boys. Mm. Last week, the three of us were talking, we were talking about how the narrative is different at United than it will be at somewhere like a Spurs, for example. Yeah. The thing was what we spoke about last week. Even though like in Arsenal this season, you feel like at times they don't play well to get a result and it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's something. something it's out of champions. Yeah. yeah, and yet United don't play well to get a result and it's like, oh, ten I out. Yeah. This hasn't changed anything. He's still got to go and you're like, hang on a minute. Well, why this is why are Arsenal, who you know, are a club who spent a lot of money, had a manager there for a while. I understand yeah. the Spurs are completely different, but Arsenal, who similar-ish yeah. to United, and it's like, it seems to be looked at differently. Yeah, and also, just we'll talk about Arsenal, but just on Spurs as well, there's a tweet well, today that sort of summarises it a little bit. Amazon Prime Video, obviously, they're putting out like Premier League games, they're pretty big in the in Yeah, because we don't spend days. enough money on different subscriptions. Yeah, exactly. It's great that you've got Amazon ones. as well as TNT and Sky and God knows what else. Yeah, exactly. Um, they tweeted a picture of Postacoglu and, and Spurs' form. So after match week 10, they were first in the league. After match week 13, they're fifth in the league. And the, 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 t- the, the line is, rotten injury look for Spurs sees the Premier League table change very quickly with this sort of crying emoji. 
Like, I've not seen a single tweet like that about United no. this season. And it, it's just people like piling on United because there's a lot of people hate Man United because of how good we've been over the last 20 years. A lot of people, even who are United fans, expect us to be as good as we've been for the last 20 years. So if we're not at that standard... Probably ruined a lot of the people in yeah. the media. Childhood. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, stop so them winning trophies <laughs> is the point. So if we're not at that you know standard, I mean? then, like you said, you've either stopped them winning trophies. Yeah. If you're a journalist, you've probably seen your team get absolutely decimated by Man United over the years. And if you are a United fan, you've got the expectation that we should be playing some of the best football in the league, challenging for every trophy we go into. We're it's almost like th there's not that many people willing to defend Man United through a difficult spot because you're either a United fan with a high standard, which is fair enough because of what we've seen, mm -hmm. or you're an opposition fan who hate us. Yeah. So like when things start going badly, everyone piles in. And I do think, like you said, Ronaldo, we have to focus on the fact that we're winning games. Five of the last six games is very good. We've got a stat here, which I couldn't believe. United have got one more point from this, uh, uh, this amount of games than we did last season. I know we didn't start amazingly last season, but I was, there was points where this is United's worst start to a season since 1962, I think I read at one point. Right. So to turn that from there to actually better than last year, which ended up being a pretty decent year, is amazing. But you'd never think that based on what you've seen and what you've read. It's, it's good that things are sort of, sort of starting to change, I think. I feel for me, I, I, I hear everything you've said there, by the way. I think the, the one sort of stick that could be used to beat United a little bit this season is last season we'd beat by this time I think we'd beat Arsenal we'd beat um, yeah. uh, Liverpool, Liverpool sorry and I think that's the one thing that's missing is that we haven't had a, a, a big a, result yeah we haven't yet which is it's not like the big I think it's because it's, I, think it's I feel like that is, is sort of a, one of the reasons mm. United aren't getting any credit because I'm listening let's put it in perspective I'm not saying everyone should be like wow United are four points off top four or whatever, it's time to get the parade booked. It's, this is amazing. But I feel like it's not been as bad as people have said. I think one of the sort of reasons we're not probably getting any credit or a lot of people are looking at it going, well, United, you can't look too much into it. Mm. It's because we haven't got a big scalp. Yeah. Where are we playing the scalps? If that makes any sense. It's, a, it's at Anfield. It's at Anfield. In two weeks. Because oh, obviously God. a lot's been said about United under Tenar Ganar. Dismal away form against the top sides. Yeah. Because it is. I no think... Yeah, shocking. If... I obviously it go, goes without saying, but I'd love nothing more for us than for us to win that because I think it the psychological impact of that could be huge for yeah. the rest of our season as well. And I also think it's it needs to be a little bit of a mentality shift now where stuff like that can creep into your mind as a player, could creep into your mind even as a manager if you feel like every time you go away to one of the big boys, you feel like you've almost lost already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think going to somewhere like Anfield, which we've got a terrible record at anyway and getting a result, which I feel like we're capable of doing if we do turn up, especially right in the wrongs of last season, what happened at Anfield. I think that game could be like a massive kind of pillar in yeah. terms of us going forward in the season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's weird, isn't it? Because that. I think if you look back, maybe mainly under Louis Van Gaal, to be fair, but there was times when United weren't great, but we could get a result against yeah. big teams. 
Solskjaer. Solskjaer. Yeah, like, you know, the Etihad, I think he had three wins at the Etihad out of, at one point, I think he had three wins out of five at the Etihad, which was a phenomenal record. So we have been able to do that, but under Tanakh, it's like we beat every team, or practically every team you expect us to beat, but whenever we're up against the team that, away from home, where it's 50-50 as to who's the favourite, or maybe they're the favourite, we don't win. Mm. And we don't just don't win, we lose. I think we had that one draw against Spurs and the rest have been losses yeah. against the top teams, which isn't good enough. I just wonder, I wonder if, I think it's Galatasaray, Newcastle, yeah. the, the, the next two away games. I feel like if we could get something out of the Newcastle game, maybe win the Galatasaray game, that might give us a bit of momentum. I know it's completely different yeah. between Galatasaray and beating Liverpool, but I just feel like that Newcastle game in particular, mm. if we were to lose that, it might be where you go in, like you say, something going on here because you know we just yeah. lose every time we play a top team whereas if we win it you might think okay we can beat a good team away yeah. from away from home because Newcastle are a good team maybe that gives you that bit of belief it's, it's perfect as well because we're one point ahead of them in the league mm. so as long as you don't lose you stay ahead of them yeah, which is good. good obviously a win would pull away and probably based on the last sort of six or seven weeks one or more of Tottenham, Villa, Liverpool, City and Arsenal are going to drop points especially when you consider that City are playing Chelsea is it? Is it City Chelsea? No, this it's. Um, it, oh, they've just played. Them. They've just played Liverpool, Spurs. but I think they're playing Spurs next. They've got Spurs, yeah. which, they have, which they have a bit of a dodgy record City against. Spurs. So one or both yeah. of them are dropping points, and they're above us. You'd assume another one will because you know we've not had a week where four or five of them have won. I think Liverpool are playing Arsenal in a, in a, in a, a while as well. So yeah, that Newcastle game is absolutely massive, and we, we talk about reasons to be optimistic and this sort of thing. The youngsters is is a massive part of that. Yeah. Like. I think Garnacho, of course, we sort of know about him as well. But Manu, I know we, t we spoke about him yesterday after the game and in the reviews and stuff, but just like reading more about him and watching, I went back and watched the highlights of him in pre-season in that Arsenal game. And just, I've not, and this doesn't mean that he's going to be the best player I've seen because just because you haven't seen something before doesn't mean it's great. But I've not seen a player look like him in the centre of the park f for Manchester United come through the academy in my life, do you, like, I genuinely do you know haven't. I haven't crazy seen someone who moves well. like that who has to that be fair, control to be, and who speed. Is, who, are, who are the contenders for that? I don't know. To be, but that's like what I mean. The, like what but, you just said. Yeah. To like, be that young though, I think as a young player, I think there's a few positions that are probably e a little bit easier to come into the team and play. Maybe yeah. as a, as a wide back. person up front, maybe as a fullback. But going straight into the engine room as um, in midfield as a young player away at um, Everton. Yeah. where there's literally no hiding place whatsoever and to perform like that. And the thing is, he looks, he never looks like anything like affects him. He's so like even killed. He looks yeah. so composed and calm, never too high, never too low. He's looked like that since we've seen him in pre-season. I know a lot of fans have been saying on Twitter, like rival fans are saying, oh, we're gassing him up and you know, doing the kind of getting behind a youngster a little bit too quickly. But a lot of us have seen him perform in pre-season, which yeah. obviously rival fans don't know about. And we're excited from what we saw back then. He was one of the best players for us against Arsenal, who played a full-strength team. We watched them at MetLife. Yeah. And you could see things in him yeah. that we knew we were missing in midfield with yeah. the likes of Ericsson and Casemiro. And it, it, it kind of felt like we was always missing too many different elements in the midfield last season. Yeah. And we saw it even earlier in this season. That's why we're so excited, because we came into the season thinking that Kobe Mane might actually have a chance to start games. Yeah. We said that before the season started. And after watching him against Everton, I know he's young and you kind of want to monitor him a little bit. You want to watch his minutes. You don't want to like burn him out. But I don't think there's no reason why he shouldn't start um, week in, week out for United because I feel like from a skill set point of view, mm. I think he's one of the only players out of all our midfielders that offers like different sides of the game. Yeah. 
I think we've got a lot of specialists in midfield. Like with Bruno specifically good at one thing, uh, McTominay specifically good at one thing, like crashing a box, mm. Casemiro kind of special. And I think Mainu is the one player that seems to have like a little bit of everything. Yeah. We saw a defensive side of him, we saw defensive awareness, we saw him getting on the ball, we saw him carrying it, we saw him playing um, line breaking passes. Mm. I think he's a significant upgrade on the likes of Amrabat and Ericsson. I, I don't think it's a dramatic to say that. I think maybe in terms of certain things Ericsson yeah. does, I don't think we can come. Yeah. I think he's still got a massive jump over Mainu in terms of his ability in the final third or putting the ball into the final third. I think Ericsson's still excellent at that. But yeah. off the ball, no question. I think th- you, you, people always talk, That's, and we talk yeah. about this a lot, about players improving. And, and actually, when you look at it, only actually the great players or the top players actually tend to get any better from when they're about 20. Most players that you see playing at the top, even at the top level, have been roughly the same player since they're about 20 years old until they retire and start getting a bit, bit worse about 31. Certain players who go from where they are at 18 to where they are at 23, and it's a big difference, they're usually world-class players. So let's not expect him to be a world-class player because that's too much pressure. Even if he just stays the player he is now, even if he can just do what he did against Everton, 25, 30 times a season, he would start week in, week out for Man United. I, he I, did more I, against I, I agree with everything you said. And I think the, the one big difference for me, with you're right about the world-class players, for, for players that really improve is midfielders, central midfielders. Some of the best centre midfielders I've ever seen in my life mm. were very good when they were 18, 19, 20, 21. But then when they were 20, mid-20s, they reached another... Yeah, like, that's the best player. Michael do that. Carrick went from good at 18, yeah. 19, 20 at West Ham, very good at Spurs to, for me, one of the best defensive midfielders Premier League's ever seen. It's like an IQ. It's like even Keno, yeah. like uh, uh, Forrest. Let's not forget, he was their player of the year. He mm. was record British record transfer fee. And I remember watching Roy Keane's first season. He was, you know, he was a bit more of an attacking midfielder at the time. You thought, okay, yeah. And then by the time he was in his mid twenties, you get towards the sort of 97, 98, 99. I know he was injured in ninety eight. He was unbelievable. Same with Robbo. Like I think, I think there's a, there's a something like in a specifically centre midfielders. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think there is where they do center the real top ones, of course. Mm. Like certain ones just don't, but they kick on, yeah. and then it's all of a sudden you go from like, and it's not you know like wow, this is a very good player to someone that's like this guy is unbelievable. Yeah. And it, I'm hoping I don't I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm hoping that Kobe Maynard could be one of them. It's, it's crazy though because I feel like he's carried away. I feel like he shouldered a lot of um, responsibility as well because. Mm. What you ideally want, like from an environment perspective, from a young player coming into a team, is that the team's kind of clicking on all cylinders. It's got a, a like a solid structure to it. Players know their jobs. They're playing well. Outside of him, you kind of put him in, and then it's almost a little bit more comfortable. He's kind of coming to a side where s- things are slightly disjointed at times. It's mm. not really sure what our best midfield three is. You're not sure what our best front three is at the moment, and you, the back line's a little bit injuries here, there, and everywhere. And I think he's coming to a midfield playing with Bruno and McTominay, who are definitely a very like forward-thinking midfielders. And I was watching the game in the first half, especially, and I was thinking, he's he's shouldering a lot of responsibility, but he's almost like rising to the challenge a little bit. Yeah. I feel like there were quite a few instances where he's kind of left hand to drive, he was in midfield at his own. He was like receiving the ball on a back foot, turning and playing the ball forward. Don't really see many of our players do that. And I was, I actually was. Like one of the biggest advocates, anyway, for Mainu coming into the mid, um, into the mid, midfield at the start of the season, but I feel like I was even surprised by how well he performed against them, yeah. especially against them. It's a very physical team to play. They're very like aggressive and front foot, as we saw for about 20-30 minutes in the first half, and I think he came out um, 
with flying colours and I think it's very exciting someone like him but my worry is is that we don't like we we, we hope end up improving the team and almost building and field around him I think because I feel like if we don't then you've got that kind of worry what I said about Hoyland a few weeks ago is these players have world class potential and it's up to the club to make sure that they reach it mm. yeah and I yeah. agree and you know what it is the weird thing is about the Arsenal game because we were there at the MetLife yeah. it was all there when we were all together we were all in the press bit and I, I remember watching Mainu and rapping about him but we were, because we were there all together and because there's some Arsenal fans there as well I feel like in my head I'd almost, I'd almost overhyped him a little bit yeah. do you know what I mean to sort mm. of prove a point and it's like oh look how good he is he's had Declan Rice in his pocket and yeah some of us were giving that a little yeah. bit of banter and then, you think, of, and then I'm thinking yeah. part of me's thinking did it actually over exaggerate how good yeah. he was because I was trying to prove a point and because I wasn't sort of laser focused on what was going on and it was a bit more like having a laugh and that but then you're right when you look back at that game and then you see it and you think ah this kid is Men, mm. we've just got to make sure, like you're saying, Ronnie, that we handle him the right way and he's got the players around him that he deserves because we have seen this before with players where they've made a great debut, mm -hmm. they've come in, everyone's raving about him. You know, Tom Cleverly, I thought. Cleverly, Yanazai, Yeah, you go, yeah. oh my God, and it's like, it's so easy to, because you're a football fan and you do, you love when players come through the academy and you go, look, this kid can have everything and then it doesn't quite work out. But I think with this, with, with Mainu, you can see what he's about. Roy Keane, who's not anyone for sort of praising youngsters, praising that, or, yeah. you know, hyperbole mm. or ex over exaggerating or praising youngsters or getting carried away. He was raving about him, yeah. and he was saying, "Look, he's brave. He's got courage. He's got everything you need in a Man United Exceptional player." Exceptional performance. Yeah. yeah. Roy Keane doesn't just dish out flowers like anyone's yeah, business. It's it's Come just his, it's his aura that gives you the most excitement, doesn't it? It just mm. seems like he he wouldn't get carried away by all the. Uh, the accolades and all the things he's that you'll get. Um, do you know what I mean? He looks very um, chilled out, looks like he... He's, he's always been ahead though, hasn't he? Because was it in the academy like at 16, he was, when he won the FA Youth Cup, he was a lot, he was younger, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. teammates. Yeah. Like all the McNeil and everyone was like 18, because like they're all sweating now. And he was 16, yeah. and he was in that. He's not 18 yeah. till it's April, it's uh, 19 till April, yeah, I think. It's his temperament, and it's So like, he's really young yeah, for that's his yeah. age. Yeah. I think he was in that under 18 team at 15, and then when he won the FA yeah. Youth Cup, I think he was 16. Yeah. But he was he was obviously two years younger than everyone else and mm. didn't look out of place. Mm. Oh, Jay, speaking of ahead of their time, love this Manscaped are today's sponsor. And Jay, you're not going to believe it. I know what's coming. You are not I, going. I to can't believe, believe it. it. I am actually oh. astounded that this is happening because we've dared to dream right, yeah. for years about the lawnmower 4.0, the performance package. 4.0 we that, thought that is the pinnacle yeah. that is the top that is the creme de la creme you cannot get any better or higher than 4.0 well the day has arrived <laughs> it has arrived it is arrived. here because manscaped have got you covered with the 5.0 ah! ultra Performance package 5.0 Ultra. This is this is up there with 99 and 08 as what one of the most momentous occasions. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> proper soprano. That. Yeah, I've hit the ultra sphere, as they say. He has. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, the <laughs> ultra sphere. Oh my um, god! James and Ed. using the code <laughs> Devil Sweaty. <laughs> if you go check out the link in the description, you get free shipping. You get 20% off. You get crop preserver. Yeah. You get the crop reviver ball toner. You get the boxer briefs, but most importantly of all, you get the lawnmower 5.0 oh Ultra. I mean, it's, got it's, it's, it's literally uh, got two interchangeable skin-safe blade heads. <sighs> what more do you want? Two interchangeable heads. 
like right. a dog that can be a Labrador one day and a German Shepherd the next. Nice. You'd buy that dog, wouldn't uh, you? Um, <laughs> what, what I can't get over as well is the dual LED spotlight. Bang. Do you know what I mean? One Imagine LED that for each having the different contrast for different skin tones. It's fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're down there, like, you know, and you, you, your nans are a bit darker than the rest of you, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a dual LED spotlight. Yeah, exactly. Turn it up a bit, switch it. So it, it's got this, you know, your classic blade for taking a little bit off the top. And it's got the new foil blade. So you can get as smooth as a whistle wherever you go. Anywhere, yeah. up, downstairs, wherever you want to be. It can be smooth as a goddamn slice of cucumber. I love this. It's the next gen skin safe blade head. <sighs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I don't say that often enough in my life, but yeah. I can say it today because it's true. Go and check out the link in the description. Yeah. We know that there's, there's Christmas, there's all sorts coming up. It's the perfect gift, yeah? The performance package 5.0, lawnmower 5.0, the next gen. That's what we're talking about here. 20% off, free shipping. Even. Use the code DEVILS20. Your balls will thank you. And a big thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this 5 podcast. 5.0 Ultra. And, perfect and Christmas gift as well, that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Oh. Speaking of gifts, Nice. Game coming up and that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so great. Right. <laughs> I, I was about to give credit then. But yeah, it was like, speaking uh, of gifts, Galatasaray. Some, something else. <laughs> uh, no, let's talk, let's talk um, a little bit right, about the Everton game. Yeah, because we spoke about Manu, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah. But Garnacho, I think there's a little bit of, a little bit of second season syndrome with Garnacho this yeah. season. Where I think, Everyone is aware of how good he is. Defenders yeah. are aware of how good he is. The fans are aware of how good he is. The manager is aware of how good yeah, he is. Yeah. There's a bigger expectation. There's a sort of more pressure, perhaps, because people aren't going, oh, he's just an 18-year-old you bring on with five minutes to go, and if he does anything, it's a bonus. Now he's starting games and people are looking at him to create stuff. And he's not had it all playing sailing this season, has he? He's not really been amongst the goals and assists. He has put in some decent performances, but he's been a bit unlucky. Arsenal away, don't get me started. But it hasn't been quite as good as it was last season. Yeah. But that goal was as good a goal as I've seen for Manchester United. It's as good as goal Genuinely. as you can possibly imagine, really. Isn't yeah, it? I think it's the, ac well. the, the, the difficulty level, the execution of it, the fact that he's, what, 19 years old, like just the fact that the, the situation of United are struggling this season, we're in a difficult spot, that Everton have got a point to prove, just add it all in. It's just a, perf a perfect goal, isn't it? Yeah. Couldn't be better. Literally, it is. couldn't be a better goal. You know the way I screamed. Yeah. Went higher than you. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, it. I literally shattered the glass. It was, um, I, I couldn't believe it. It was almost like he's, he's went backwards and then he's, he's gotten almost laterally in the air and then it's come back across goal. And it's like, and even you see the fans behind the goal, some of the Everton fans, you got a couple of them yeah, tackling, some of them looking that. shocked. But I feel like he did ruin, um, he almost ruined it with the celebration, not gonna lie to you. Why? I feel like he should have done something a little bit more original than the suit for that. I think that was something where he should almost sort of ran to the, the Everton fans and almost put his hands in the air, almost Bellingham style. I feel that would have been a little bit yeah. better. To be fair, I yeah. don't think he could have missed with that, the low cross. There's no. a bit of a tapping. It was. Yeah, I think yeah. we're all just going yeah, on about yeah, it. I feel like, like I think the, on a plate, the really. needs the credit there. Yeah, he put it on a plate for him. Yeah, he put it on a plate three yards behind it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, when you've got a, fork, a <laughs> knife and fork as long as Garnacho has, you're going to go up. He almost had to like, work. Honestly. <laughs> I love the, the fact the lowest was to the back. crowd celebrating like, like, look what I just this. done. Look at that. Come miss, mate. Look at this. Fucking bicycle kick. Do you know what I mean? Easy. This is why he loved the low. It was a fantastic goal, yeah. And it's a reminder because when that reminds you of almost Garnacho's ceiling, yeah. 
he's that good. He's capable of those sort of things. <laughs> yeah. Where some players can put in maybe you know consistent performances, they haven't got that in the locker. He has. Yeah. He's one of those players, and it's funny because you go back to I think it was the FA Cup final last season. I was talking to a couple of um, City fans afterwards. Forgive me, because that's the last thing I wanted to do. And they were saying like that it was Garnacho was the one they were looking at, going, he's the one who could cause problems. He's the one that's that's, that's a danger. He's a bit of a live wire, isn't he? Yeah, and he did Some it against them at Old Trafford. Do you remember when he came on? Because all the discussion yeah. was about Bruno Fernandez's goal and whether Marcus was offside or all that other dribble. Yeah. yeah, people forgot that an 18-year-old came on against. Unfortunately, the best team in the world. Yeah, and destroyed him for fifteen minutes. Absolutely yeah. tore him. To that's what that's what people are saying. When does he go beyond that level of being this impact sub? Because yeah. all of Ganacho's best performances have generally come off the bench rather than when he started mm. games. No, no, I agree. And we are talking about the fact he is a live wire. He does spark games when he does come on. But I think for him to get to the next level, he almost seems to harness a bit of that. Sometimes I feel like he's going too fast at times. Do you, do you know, I mean? do you know what worries mm. me a little bit as well? I think that if you're a player that that's good, if he was, if he was playing for a Fergie team and he's got Andy Cole and he's got David Beckham and he's got Ryan Giggs and he's got Ruud van Nistelrooy, he's got Wayne Rooney, he might have a different mindset. It might be like, right, okay, I don't need to try as much as I'm trying. I don't need to do as much. If you're in a team where no one's scoring, I don't. Might, do you think there's a yeah. do you think there's a bit of him might be going? I need to try and make this happen. I think that could just be in him. Right, I, okay. I think. There's certain things with players you don't want to take out of them. You don't yeah. want to take out that kind of confidence and that um, directness that he's got, but you also want him to kind of gradually improve his decision-making a little mm. bit and know when to kind of slow down a little bit, yeah. be a little bit more composed, because he's definitely got all the ability in the world and he's still young and he's still got the um, unbelievable potential. But I think once he kind of kicks into that next gear, I think he could be an electric player for us for years. But right now, I think, I think he's he, better off the bench. There's a few things that he needs to add to his game. And I'm looking at the stats here, but we could, I'll back it up, but I think we can all see it anyway. For instance, his progressive passes. So basically him playing the ball forward and his ability to create chances for others is in the bottom 9% uh, of wingers. And we can see that, you know, he's, he's someone who likes to drive forward with the ball, isn't someone who sort of looks to pick out a pass very often. I think if he added that to his game, that would be massive. The ability to, to sort of cut back and try and create for others is something that he, he does lack slightly. Uh, another one is his is passes attempted. Just being on the ball, getting one-twos, getting into the game, is in the bottom 26% again. Um, so they're, they're sort of the little areas for me where he's great at driving toward the, the, the box. He's great at sort of getting on the end of things or trying to get on the end of things. Um, he, he had that goal disallowed the other day, didn't he? Was it... Was it him? Did he put the cross in, or did he score the goal that Maguire, that was ruled out for Maguire being offside? Garnacho was he? He was part. Oh, of he, really, he really does cross. Yeah, yeah, so that somebody would, at Fulham. Yeah, so yeah, that would have been an assist. But there. again, like that's more byline and cutback guy, any like yeah. rather than a. Um, he was a bit. as well yesterday. Do wingers do that anymore? Rashford sent one over to him and he tried compared to other wingers. Yeah, yeah. He tried to keep it in, then it's a score. And he had yeah. and he was a bit unlucky, I thought, with that because I thought it was a good effort because yeah. it was a very, very difficult ball to do. It's hard though in your second season, like you said, because opposition defenders know a bit more about you, yeah. which helps them. They're also, they don't want to be skinned by a 19 year old. No. We saw actually young yesterday sticking his knee in his back, <laughs> jumping yeah. across him. You, I thought it was like, like fine to yeah, that's because what, I thought that's like, a bit of old school that's fullback what you do versus you a 38 winger. year old against the 19 year old yeah. who's mint. He's literally 20 years yeah. younger than you. Yeah. He's faster than you. <laughs> he's trickier than you. 
Like Ashley Young did what you'd expect, but that's what he's going to get now. He's right. going to get kicked. He's going to get elbowed. He's going to get knees up the arse because that's what defenders do, and good defenders are going to do. Yeah, that. he's still because he's still on that, and he's still got he's still got room to grow almost yeah, physically as well. He's yeah. soft as well. Yeah. And he, he's got like a little bit. Of yeah, he's got too. a bit of a mean streak. Yeah, too. you know, it doesn't strike me as someone who's going to get bullied. Either all way. South Americans no. seem to have. That yeah, like do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's a lot to like about the kid, and I feel like now, like you were saying, Ronnie, it's a, all eyes are on the club and the manager. How do we handle it? I know it's the same with Mainu, but it's yeah. with Garnacho because it's a weird one with Garnacho because he's kind of first team starting, but he's not yeah. quite. But he's the first one to get nudged out when everyone's fit, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's I think like, it, younger I mean, players always, always Yeah, are, he's got yeah. the thing at the minute of Rashford suspended for the Galatasaray game. So Anthony was injured. Start. Anthony's massively out of form. Sancho doesn't exist. And that's it as far as wingers are concerned. I suppose there's Pellistri as well, but he's sort of below Garnacho definitely, isn't there? So he's kind of getting games and minutes and this isn't a criticism of him, but almost by default at the minute. It'd be nice to see him really grab a position and just like I said, add a couple of things to his game, which he's 19, you know, he's, and he's only just turned, well, he turned 19 in July, so he's, you know, 19 for the whole season. There's plenty of time for him to do that, but it'd be nice to see him, is he, is he on the left, is he on the right? Well, if he can't play on the left, because if Rashford's at 30 goal a season, Rashford, he's not starting on the left. Mm. Maybe he needs to find a way to play on the right-hand side. Maybe we look at something slightly different, because... Otherwise, he's only ever going to be back up to Rashford unless Rashford drops off. So something maybe just certain little tweaks here and there. I think people the have talent pushed, is amazing. People have pushed for Ganacho to start because of Rashford's form this season as well. Yeah. But when he has got the starting opportunities, it's still shown that it was a little bit early for him. Yeah, like he still does seem to be more impactful off the bench against tired legs where the game's a little bit more stretched. Yeah. But um, do you, do you think? And this might be a silly question, but I'll ask it. Do you think he's definitely 100% a winger? What's the alternative? Bit of a striker or a, off off the striker? Or nah, he's definitely winger. Yeah, he's definitely anywhere, winger. Case. I think the pace. You know, like, you know when Salah yeah. tried it with Sancho and sort of played him off yeah. the striker a few times. Do you ever see I don't anything think like that? Just Sancho. Look, and got a bit I know the difference. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm just asking yeah, the question. Yeah, like, yeah. do you think he's yeah. definitely? I think he's either on the left or on the right or not at all. I don't think his point. passing ability is good enough to be in the centre. Yeah. And I think that I kind of agree. I'm just curious. Yeah, to hold on to the ball and to keep the ball in the middle because we saw Matter even who is. A, a, a hugely accomplished number 10 at Chelsea. He played in the number 10, um, was it Van Gaal, wasn't it? There was, I can't remember the game. There was a couple of games sort of back to back. I think one might have been against Chelsea. Are you on about when he played him as a 10? He played him as a 10 and he gave the ball away and they went either up the other end and scored or nearly scored. Was that when Rooney got suspended? It might have been, yeah. Rooney got suspended against West Ham. Yeah, West Ham. When, when, West you West know Ham. when you counter attack yeah. right? And you, decide, you think, right, take a bucket. Yeah. So Rooney decided to take a booking by volleying, volleying someone at like waist height. <laughs> yeah, this was yeah, and got a red card straight away. Uh, yeah, and it was mm. like right, he was out for free game. I remember because there was a massive debate going on because this is when Twitter was starting to really pop up about should Rooney, before that should Rooney be dropped for from one matter because Rooney's form yeah. drops off. So one matter got those free games. I yeah, think that's what you're referring to. And didn't really do enough. No, and he gave the ball away a couple of times in the middle, and they either scored or nearly scored. And I remember after that, he almost never played as a number ten again yeah. because if you're playing in the centre of the pitch, that line to goal yeah. is so important that you protect that. And I think that Garnacho again, nah, his skill set doesn't necessarily to, do that. To, to but he's got to make a space for himself on the right, I think, because otherwise, the only way he's going to start for Man United is if Rashford's out of form, which that's not really a great sort of direction to for your career to be no. in, is it? Where then he you should have already started some some get more games in this on the right. Because, nah, just in from a form perspective, I think obviously there's some politics sides coming to football. Obviously, Rashford just recently come off a 30 goal season and he signed a big new contract yeah. from up above 
Tanakh, um, there's got to be more stronger justification than just being out of form for Kanacho to start ahead of him. Mm-hmm. That's just how football works at the yeah. top level anyway. But um, and for him to kind of... You yeah. both starting, really. That's what I mean. But yeah, at the but minute, if Rashford, if Rashford is, what, four of the last five seasons, Rashford's got 20-plus goals. If that Rashford is playing for Manchester United... Garnacho doesn't start, or mm. we're pushing Rashford out onto the right to let Garnacho start. They do do that Let's thing, don't they, a little bit where they swap. Yeah. They love all that. I mean, that's been going on for years, but there is that. But I, I hear you. I feel like he needs to nail down a place to go, this is me. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hopefully, because I think Winger is an area of, of it's all of a sudden another area of concern for United as well, isn't it? because our two right winger options, Anthony's massively underwhelmed, Sancho's basically a non entity at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. Just, so then well, just quickly on Sancho, where do you think he's at? Because I'm not being funny. <laughs> if you're um, sat watching Call of Duty, yeah, just you're sat there watching a teenager yeah. scoring one of the best goals anyone's ever scored for United. Yeah, does that not make you think? Do you know what I need to? If I'm doing Sancho, I don't think I don't think he's not bothered. Nah, I feel like no, you, you don't know. I feel like if you can play Call of Duty all day for 300 grand a week I, I, think can't, I can't believe yeah. these, I think, we're actually having these conversations I think, I think, I think, I think you're alright I've never felt yeah. so old I think, I think the thing is I love Call of Duty I think we, we do say <laughs> I don't feel like you don't see my video game play. but I I find it hard to believe that players I know they can probably lose a little bit of hunger but yeah. there's a part of me that thinks you don't get to the level that these players have gotten to with, without having that little bit of inner fire inside of you that that's yeah. competitive about being the best and yeah. being the best version of yourself when you're playing football and kind of how you're known almost f- from a rep. I feel like when you grow up as, as a player like Sancho, you've got a reputation of being one of the best players yeah. it, every single year group you've played coming up through oh, Europe. So, and that. Well. so I feel like, so I feel like I, for him to be, even though you're earning a lot of money and you've got a comfortable living and you can just chill around all day and do like a bit of individual training and play Call of Duty, I still think like what Jay said, you should be able to watch United play and seeing Canacho and these boys play and feel like, I need to be out there showing how good I am. I feel like there has to be a bit of that because I'm thinking, because mm. I've, I attempted to become a footballer. I know how much it, how much it actually takes to get there. Yeah. I feel like these players surely have it in them where they're never going to be that comfortable where it's like, yeah. I don't care about playing for, for football or whatever, surely. Do you know what as well on you know that I mean? front? Because if you look, yeah. the, the, the sort of three Dortmund lads, mm. Jaden Sancho, Jude Bellingham and um, Erling Haaland, the other two are regarded as the best striker in the world and arguably the best midfielder in the world at the moment, or one of them. Yeah. And then you've got him. And he seem up. They seem he was the third one, and he's like yeah. not even. And look at the characters. That's what the look at the characters There's of no Haaland and Bellingham. Look at them two as characters. You can. They're, they're very like. Could tell how football obsessed and focused they are about being the best version of themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like. <clears throat> it doesn't seem to be there for Jaden. On Bellingham, I'll just, oh, just remind me of something. When um, we was in um, Houston, weren't we? We did the mix zone um, where Maynou got his, um, got his got injured against Real Madrid didn't yeah. he, after like, the second minute. And then when he came through, I think he was on his, on mm. his clutches. Bellingham was doing interviews and he stopped and went over to him and sort of wished him well. Mm. And he just seems like someone who's got his head screwed on. Seems like a nice Jude guy. Bellingham, do you know yeah. what I mean? So, or great PR, if nothing else. I mean, it was great just, PR because yeah. I'm sort of waxing lyrical about just, it. Just on later, um, six months later. Sorry, just on, on the Sancho thing. I wonder if there's a part of him that because of what you've said, that like he's used to being the best in his age group. He's, he's, he had this reputation. He's got all this talent, all this quality. I almost think that We've got to a point now with his relationship with Ten Hag where it feels to me like he's almost going, I'd rather not play at all than play and not play well. I think he's sort of got that like, well, no, I'm, I'm not a shit player, I'm not a bit part player. 
I'm either you can fuck off or I, I'm I'm playing and I'm starting and I'm looking oh, good. Like you, do you know at school people are like, yeah. oh you don't have to try and they still pass. Like I was like that at GCSE and uh, you didn't really revise much and you got a yeah, C and no, you get no, through no, and then you get like to me. A level and you get obliterated because it's actually hard for once and then you just fail and I and I did the same thing you just fail and you think well oh, I don't I won't try anyway so it don't count like I almost feel like Jim Sanchez going I'm not trying anyway so it don't count like my reputation hasn't been ruined because I'm not playing shit I'm just not playing because the manager's a dickhead it's almost like he's sort of protecting himself by this isn't a footballing issue there's no problem with me as a footballer I'm not I'm not a letdown I haven't you know failed to fulfill my potential I'm having an argument with the manager this is separate to that like he's trying to protect his his legacy and his reputation by making this a non-footballing issue. When I think really, if he just knuckled down and did the right thing, we'd find out whether he was good enough or not, but we, we're not seeing that. Exactly. He's we, never on the pitch, he's never available. And I, I almost feel like he's doing it to protect his own reputation, maybe in his own head, of it don't count because I didn't try anyway. It's anywhere. so mad though, Ronnie, because it's like what you say, because you know, you attempted to be football, you did more than attempt, you know what I mean? You obviously came through Liverpool's academy, you went to him. I know so many lads, right, who were mint at football and were on United's books and you know, with flying, and then it got to 15, 16, started drinking, smoking, where you can't be bothered. Yeah. And I remember, I know that anyone who makes it to a certain level, yeah, dedicated, got a discipline. Yeah, like, yeah. don't go be. out at night, don't start drinking when we're all drinking, don't mess about, don't get into trouble, don't, you know, just, just do the things that normal lads do at 15, 16 years old. They've got that dedication, so I always respect that. And I think sometimes when people used to judge Lingard and Rashford and all yeah. that, I think they made a lot of sacrifices to get to where they are. And the same with Sancho, he must have done. He must have done all. No, that. I definitely. He, like, he, he definitely no doubt. Like now he just seems to be not throwing it all away, but hurting his career, like to a yeah. point where he might never get to the it's point a, where he was. A few years ago, Jadon Sancho was one of the top footballers in the world. His numbers, his reputation, the everything, every metric he got used, his price tag, his age. He was like twenty-one. He banged in all these goals and assists for Dortmund. He just won a trophy with Dortmund, got him into Champions League. He was knocking on the door with England. There was a debate going on: should it be more Saka or whatever, or should it be starting? Whatever was going on there, everyone was like, Jadon Sancho is the one." And now it's like his next move could be to somewhere like yeah. I don't know, like a I'm trying to think of a club that you know, like a. I don't know, it could be like a mid-table. Serie A. Yeah, semi, like a... Yeah. Like a Roma. A, like, yeah, like a Roma where a very good club, but are you going to be playing Champions League week in, week out, all year in, year out? Are you going to be challenging for top honours? Probably not. This mm. is, And he shouldn't, he maybe should be a bit higher than that. Uh, that's why I feel like there could be a bit of what Joe said with it. It's just he's maybe he's never been used to that much adversity in his football career when he was mm. making away because he had so much talent, which he still does. Because obviously off-pitch, on a personable level of the character, he's... Nothing wrong with him. He's like a he's, a he's a great guy. He's cool. He's actually quite. He's got a, quite a bit of humility about him. To be fair, and he's a pretty nice bloke. Because you've met Do him, I mean? yeah, 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 a little yeah. bit. He's, don't he's, you, he's so a nice bloke. He's, yeah. he's like he's absolutely no issues there. But sometimes maybe with uh, the football thing mm. on that side of it, where he's come up against the most difficult part of his career yeah. at United, and maybe his almost reaction to adversity isn't th yeah, that great because he's never really had to have it much there's a fear but of failure I think yeah. as well at the top level with it's, it's in all different disciplines it's sad as they're well not used to failure you know, and you end up feeling it a little bit for the first time his performances haven't been great it's four goals three assists and you, and you go this isn't me I don't do that that's not me and then you think well it can't be the you know how good I am as a player so it must be the manager it must be this it must be that sometimes I think you need a little bit of redirection and go actually you might just be a bit shit for a couple some of people years on his still side turn it around. some people are on his side because some people are saying oh but Ten Hag's this and that it's not his fault that he's been exiled it's he, um, it's Ten Hag that's refusing to play him because he's not apologised and stuff but then 
you've got to go to the base of the issue and think this this has come from this whole scenario has come from his lack of discipline in terms of his punctuality turn up in time the way he was applying himself in training has led to this yeah so you could say what you want about Tenag and how kind of rough he might have been in his man management and maybe playing Anthony ahead of the whole oh Sancho deserves to be upset because Anthony has been playing poorly and still getting picked ahead of him some of that's justifiable but then again when Sancho has been given the opportunities he's not exactly set the world alight either Mm. So if he was like banging goals and he was significantly mm. playing better than him, then you've got a base of an argument there, but he doesn't even have that. No, I, So I, for people I to turn around and somehow shape this whole Sancho situation into um, some anti-Ten Hag propaganda and saying it's just him showing a lack of man management and him trying to lower the wage bill and him, you know, like stuff and him trying to... People say this, that, like, you it's know like what I mean? It's, it's like, come up again with Varane and people going, um, he, oh, he hates good players. He hates Ronaldo, he hates so. Sancho, he hates Varane. It's nonsense. If he thinks a player's going to win him a football match, then he's going to want to play him. It's that simple. Just on it as well, the sort of, I don't want to get to, I know we've spoken a lot about Sancho, we'll move on quickly. But it's like, it's sad to see because you see there's like, there seems to be a little bit more team spirit United. You've got players who've been getting criticised, who've risen like Anana, Maguire, McTominay. You've got Bruno giving the ball to Rashford. You're, yeah. you're low on confidence. Yeah, bro, get yeah. a goal. Like there seems to be a good unity there. And then you've got this other kid training with the res. He's eating his mm. lunch out of a lunchbox. His teammates must be saying to him, Come on, right. Mm. Let's try and resolve this. So I don't know. It just and seems very play, weird. And uh, if I'm being honest, players, are, players, are, if there's a tiff between a manager and player, more than more than likely the players are going to side with a fellow teammate, mm. yeah, rather than a manager. So I reckon there's a lot of players that are, that are probably thinking, Sanch, like just apologise and need your back, or they probably feel like it's it's got it. And also you this kind of riff with a player that's so high profile within the team because he is he's one of the biggest earners whatever it can cause a little bit of issues i said um yeah there's football especially at the highest level there's a lot of fine margin involved a lot of small percentages and i think those small percentages in terms of a squad being harmonious and together mm. hasn't been the case at united for a long long time and i think that's part of what's held us back because there always seems to be a bit of a cultural issue with the players you either um, employ or um, people not getting along um, the setup um, above Tenag in terms of the directors of football and the ownership and it just feels like can we go through a season with it just being right and rosy not that much scrutiny I know that's hard for United because yeah. it's Manchester United Football Club and I think we need to see the other side of the Sancho situation now because it does feel like a little bit of a small cloud lingering over the football team a little bit. Yeah. And um, sorry, go on, finish your yeah. thought. I was just going to yeah. say we haven't. Uh, forgive me. Uh, you've got some comments, yes. around you, so yeah, I'll let you read through them. Yeah, Cameron S, who's been a member for thirty-eight months, says, "I love that Garnacho is just completely off his not even attempt uh, attempt what." To even attempt that, sorry, no wonder his idol is Cristiano. Sorry, it took me a minute to get that. Uh, also, I can't wait to see Manu with Casemiro. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, Matt Wicks says, what's mentally seen? One of the greatest bicycle kicks of all time from a 19-year-old. And yet, it was Kobe Manu that was the standout young player last night. That was nice, wasn't it? Um, Sam Zed says, can't understand why Varane's being frozen out. To your point there, Jay, about him not yeah. being in the team at the minute. Maguire played well yesterday, but he's slow at times in progressing the ball, which Varane tends to do better. Uh, Ross Murphy, the media needs to give Onana a bit of credit. He struggled in his first few games, but he's turned it around and is now joint first in clean sheets. It's worth mentioning Onana. 100%. Because I thought his first two or three games, I thought he looked very good. Then he had that four or five game rough patch, didn't he, which... In particular, Copenhagen, Munich by away, Munich away, um, Galatasaray, and Galatasaray. Those three games in particular were very poor. 
But the I think Brentford since then, mistake as well, wasn't yeah, it? the Brentford game. I think since then, we've seen a very good goalkeeper, and he's got to the point where his save percentage is one of the best in the league. His clean sheets is one of the best in the league. Um, his expected saves to expected goals conceded to actual goals conceded is one of the best in the league. He say, he's prevented like three and a half goals that he should have conceded uh, in terms of XG. If you're interested in that sort of thing, so by sort of pretty much every metric except at times sort of the eye test, I think he's been excellent. Um, and since you know those those mistakes, he's passed the eye test as well. The one thing that I think is slightly concerning is he does tend to palm the ball back into the danger yeah, area a little bit not. too much. But if that's not turning into goals and the clean sheets are still there and the savers are still there, maybe that's something we can fix. Was it, was it Fuller where he hit it up? Yeah, <laughs> and then made a double save. Yeah, 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 <laughs> where it was like there yeah, and yeah. he went like... But why, like, why, why, make some why, why have one save when you can <laughs> yeah. make two? People might call that stat pad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so bizarre. Like, yeah. There you go, double save. You're like, well, I've got a minute. I said this before he came to United. His style, his saving style is quite unorthodox. Like there's a lot of times where... He dives like almost past the ball. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's he does this thing where a lot of keepers you'll see, and Pickford's a good example of it, and Ramsdale's another one, where let's say someone has a shot from twenty yards out into the top corner, they'll stand there, take half a step and dive. Onana will like run two or three steps and then do a little jump. And sometimes you're like, what this just looks weird to watch. Yeah. But then when you actually we're a third of the way through the season, things just settle down a bit. You actually look at the stats. He's a, he's an excellent shot stopper. He just looks a bit weird. Like, and I think, I, I, I said this before he arrived, but you need to prepare ourselves that he doesn't really look like other keepers when he's making saves. His body's a bit weird and he moves a bit weird and I don't know why, but actually the numbers there are good. Really yeah, good. I, think, I think as well with a certain goal, I, every footballer can develop and change and learn. Well, certain goalkeepers, that's the way they are. Yeah. We used to say this about De Gea. We said it in 2011 and we were saying it in 2023. Mm. Doesn't command his area well enough, doesn't play out of the back well enough. That's not his skill set. And if he's a little bit unorthodox, it's difficult to change that. Mm. Just the way he is, and he's still a very good goalkeeper. I think what happened was, when he was going through a rough time, people started rewriting history and saying he was he was terrible at shot stopping at Inter. Mm. Well, no, he wasn't. Like, he's always been, he's just good, at, good with his feet. No, he's not. He's obviously good at saving shots. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got yeah. to the Champions League final and had a very good game in the final as well. It's just nonsense that people started doing. And then already, you know, after like those games you mentioned, or oh, we shouldn't have got rid of De Gea, all that nonsense comes out. And you think, it takes a while to come into Manchester United as any player. To come in as Manchester United and be the goalkeeper, especially when it's your first time in the Premier League, ain't easy. No. And he's, he's weathered that little storm. And I know it's not like you go, right, that's it, he's a success now. But he's making strides towards becoming a success. So I've been very impressed with him. I like the fact as well, he seems to have developed a good relationship with his defenders. You see the communication there looks a lot yeah. better than it was early doors. And yeah, he, he does deserve, he deserves a lot of credit because some of the criticism he's getting, not just from pundits, but from some United fans as well, I felt was LTT. Um, time's just flown by on this podcast. Uh, Ronnie, we'll turn to you first. It's Wally of the Week time. Oh, I don't ever have these prepared, you know. You you should have a list in your wallies. mind of Wally's. You're always falling out of people. Who? On social media called someone an absolute fool early about um, Jermaine Defoe takes or something. Well, oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot you, you, you basically have a high-profile burner account. <laughs> he doesn't, you know what? His, his own account is his burner account. He that's, uses, that's he uses his own account that's what less saying. than I use my burner. That's to see saying. what's going oh, on yeah, for yeah, people yeah. that yeah, want me. Yeah, actually, that's that's that, that's who I'm gonna say. Um, me. Wally of the week is is he licky lip shot? Oh, he's firing shots at the, the filthy fellas. Yeah, licky lip shot from filthy fellas for saying that um, Eddie and Katty is the same level as Jermaine Defoe. Oh, 
Definitely. I feel I feel like that's enough for Wally of the Week. That really? is not, that is nonsense, yeah. isn't it? And listen, Jermaine Defoe, who's got like what two hundred and fifty career goals or something. Nah, three hundred career goals. But it's also <laughs> but it's also the fact that someone said to him, um, he talked about oh he only gets he only he's got fifteen plus Premier League goals. I think it was in four seasons. Yeah. And then his response to that was, oh, it was all, he only did that because he played 17 seasons in the Premier League. Because yeah. <laughs> so, 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 everyone so, who's born gets their 17 seasons in the Premier League and it's you know I mean? who can do so the best with it. We've all tried, had our 17 imagine, years in so the Premier imagine League. Imagine trying to downplay someone's achievement and the criticism you're using is longevity. Yeah. How can you use, how can you criticise a player for longevity in the the best league in world football? Look at, yeah. to, play, to play 17 years in the Premier League is enough of a of an achievement anyway. yeah of course, of course it is so to, to, to criticise him like that was a bit, it was a bit like oh he's, he only got four uh, he only scored 15 plus Premier League goals four times because he played 17 seasons I don't know if that's uh, an insult to Jermaine Defoe or over complimenting Eddie and Ketia but, but I, I like Filthy and I like Lippy but I'm not on that one at all I think that's yeah. a ludicrous suggestion yeah, absolutely um, go on who's your wallet of the week don't know it's hard isn't it it's a tough one um, I'll tell you what it is actually McDonald's because the, the, the fast food company. Did you yeah. say McDonald's? McDonald's. Because they had no. this uh, Philly cheesesteak burger out, right? Oh. Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess it's not, I don't know, but now they've got another one that's called like the bacon cheese. Right. And, they, and they're just using, I can tell it's the leftover cheese sauce yeah. from the Philly cheesesteak promotion. Yeah. And they've just stuck it in this new burger. You can't have a, a, a burger with cheese sauce and salad on it. Yeah. That's nonsense. They're just using yeah. old cheese sauce, Jay. Disgusting. <laughs> Someone's going to get really, really poorly off of this. And it's not going to be me, let me tell you. Nah, I, uh, I, I yeah, I, I like that. Um, Is it Buzz Aldrin? No, I like the fact Buzz Aldrin was one hour in people. Isn't he about 87? Yeah. And he's just like levering people that say the moon landings weren't real. So you want to stay away from him. You, you can't come out of your conspiracy theory nonsense. Yeah, you're already buzzing by the time it's done. Nice, nicely done. Um, do you know what I'm going to go it's with? Not, right? it's not I'm going gonna, gonna to keep, keep, I don't, let, let's not, let's it's, not. It's critical thinking. Let's, all right, whatever, Professor. Um, I'm going to go with um, the Tommy Robinson, sorry, the Stephen Laxley, Len, Yaxley Lennon defenders that you yeah. have on social media to go, oh, but you know what? Uh, it's a fascist state when the journalist can't say what he wants to say. He's not a journalist, he's a racist idiot. And anyone who defends him is a moron. Yeah. Um, so that's my wallet. So it's, it's racist morons and it's uh, cheese sauce. Cheese sauce, and it's one of the filthy fellas. <laughs> it's quite the, uh, the, the wide, quite the, the eclectic mix yeah. of, um, of Wally of the Weeks. Get involved, let us know your Wally of the Weeks. Um, don't forget, if you're not doing as well, to subscribe to the channel. Joe is going to be back tomorrow morning with the news. Yeah. Joe has got a busy day, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. He's got the news, he's got Uncensored, yeah. he's got an interview. With Ben Jacobs. Can't wait. You have got it all to do, bro. We've got Stephen Alston sure. on the channel. We've got well. Stephen Alston on the can channel. Can I just read Make a couple sure of super chats before we go? Please do, man. Yeah, Jimmy F said, if we go the whole season without a draw, can we call ourselves the draw middleballs? Do you know what? Arsenal from 2004 should be called the draw middleballs anyway, because all they did was draw games. 12 draws in a Premier League season ain't that great an achievement. That's true. I think someone will go, I've, oh, it pains me to say, but I feel within the next. No, don't say what you're going to say. I think within the next few seasons, it's possible. I know it's a bit more difficult these days for um, uh, maybe City to go invincible, you know. Mm. Well, anything City does doesn't count. Maybe even Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal? I don't know. I thought that. Hey, uh, the only team that's... You know how much that pains me to say? I know you hate Arsenal more than I hate Liverpool. 
Zaral right. Chowdhury says, only just joined the stream. Individually, what's your opinion on Keane's uh, comments regarding Bruno? Obviously, the greatest captain ever, but needs to cheer up. I'm not sure what the latest comments on Bruno I think he are. just means the ones criticising him a couple of weeks ago. I feel with Bruno, right, he's a little bit unlucky because he's an immensely talented player. Mm. And he's numbers speak for themselves and he's the captain, he's got a lot of pressure on him and all the rest of it. And I feel like at times he's, he's been surrounded by below par players. Yeah. And he has to sort of maybe at times stop trying so hard, if that makes sense, because mm. he tries to do everything. I think that's his downfall. I think if you put Bruno Fernandes in a much better team, he, he'd, he wouldn't look out of place. He'd look like a very good player in a very good team because yeah. he is a very good player. So I think he suffers a little bit. And I think it's unfair sometimes, Kino, because Kino played in one of the greatest club sides ever. And whether that was in 94 when he came in to 99, and you know, 2003 to a lesser degree. So I understand where Keno's coming from, criticising Bruno, but I think it's harsh. Mm. I do. I think Bruno, for all his faults, is a fantastic player for Manchester United. Yeah. And finally, what's Ten Hag's best eleven when everyone's back? Go on, Ronnie. You can um, give us your opinion, and I'll argue with you. Best eleven. And no, no. Controversial. It's the right back one. It's AWB or Delow, but the thing is, they provide. I'd say. I'd say Wamba Saka nicks it. Obviously, Wamba Saka right back. Yeah, I agree. Um, centre half pairing. I still think Varane and Martinez. Um, Luke Shaw left back. I'd say midfield three of Casemiro, Menu, and um, Bruno. And I think the front three: um, Rashford, Hoyland, and Mason Mount. On the right, I think I probably agree with that. Would you? The right, the, the only question is right hand side. Like I'd give Anthony a go in there nah. because I don't like. Oh, man, I don't done, know, but, but the rest of it I completely agree. I'm, with. I'm trying. I know it's not ideal. I only understand your point that you're going to make about thirty goals from left. I think Marcus can play on the right now, hmm. and I think if he plays on the right, he might have to just adjust his game a bit more to sort of feed Holland because he's done that anyway. He did it against Manchester. Nah, nah. I, I think Rashford on the right, man, he's an eyesore. You know. I think he's, for me, I'd rather, I think Rashford would be more effective on the right than Mason Mount. Yeah, but I then do. I feel like you're losing and a it, lot and and it. <laughs> To be honest with you, I think if you played Mason Mount and, and Anthony and Max Rashford think so, on a full that's the thing. Right, like, you know, it's, you might be right, but the thing is, it's a low bar. No, it is a low bar. I'm not going to argue that That's the thing. And maybe I'm just, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm just sort of yeah. being a little bit over TT, over the top with Galactia, but... I just don't want to drop him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I can absolutely <laughs> accept that. Like, do you know yeah. what? I don't care. Just put Garnacho in yeah. and put Kobe Mania in. That's all that matters. Anyone else, it can be interchangeable. Uh, Ronnie, thanks for joining us. Feel where can people... What? Maybe I'm the Wally of the Week. Just spill water all over. Disgusting. Uh, where can people find you? Um, Ronaldo Brown underscore 98 on the X. Joseph, where X. can people find you? Just uh, on Stratford Paddock tomorrow, smashing just, everything. Just on like eight videos during the Can't day. Wait for it. So make sure you are hitting like, share and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that. That's been Ronaldo Brown. That's been Joe Smith. I'm Jay Martin. Big thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. Don't forget to check out the link in the description. And thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.